Welcome, and thank you for listening to Optics in Action, where we showcase leaders with vision and clarity. My name is Ryan Weiss, founder and CEO of EPS. Our team is focused on enabling companies to align people and process for increased revenue, profitability, and scalable growth while reducing the frustrations of your employees and customers. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. Let's get to our next guest. Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of Optics in Action, where we spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And I am so excited to have with us today, Megan Robinson from eLeader Experience. I've known Megan for the past few years and uh, and love working with her, the passion and energy that she brings to leadership. She's a John Maxwell coach and a DISC trainer, and uh, and we've worked a lot together on kind of the concepts of management and leadership and what do those things mean. In my world, I often talk about people and process, but uh, Megan, we're excited to have you on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, about yourself, and uh, and then we'll jump into some of the conversation around leadership and management and what that all means. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm so excited to be here. We have some of the best conversations and honestly honored because I I think your leadership is often an example that many can take um, quite a few notes from. So uh, hearing that, you know, there's that balance between management and leadership. I think you've found that um, it's taken, I think everyone a while on their journey to really understand some of those differences, the nuances and how to lean in effectively to each of those skill sets. But my background, um, I actually started my career in advertising and marketing. If we want to get down to it, I actually uh, was 13 year old Megan said, I want to be the VP of marketing. Um, and so that, that was really, <laughs> yeah, true story. It's great you have these career ambitions starting at a very young age. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you talk about vision and clarity. Like that was my first, that was my first vision. And so I picked classes. Um, I made decisions. I choose, chose a university, um, all around having that clear path and vision. Um, I didn't graduate at an opportune time. So, you know, you have some curveballs that happen along the path to get there, but ultimately I, I really did achieve that. So I did that ladder climbing for quite a while. I jumped from agency to corporate to agency, all the dark sides, um, had my own. So I did that entrepreneur piece, um, and, and really, fell in love with what I called business therapy. And I think any of your, your listeners that are in any sort of a professional service understand that you turn into someone's business therapist at a certain point. And, but that was what I loved inspired uh, some of the coaching side of things and leaned into the coaching and the consulting world for that. And so now I really focus on leadership development and understanding that people, that human side of the business equation, because there is so much in our vernacular these days from culture challenges and people and skill building and understanding kind of this messy um, world of how we manage, how we look at people, how we develop our talent. And I find that leadership is really that common denominator through all of it. When you start looking at it through that leadership lens, you're able to elevate the business as well as the people. And so that's really where I focus. Oh, absolutely. I I think this is one of the reasons that we kind of hit it off in some of our previous conversations that 
Uh, I we we both started in a similar way. At 15, I started my first business. At 13, you had this vision of what you were going to be someday. And uh, and but but both of us took very different paths. You were very much on the marketing, the people, the leadership side. That was like you know all about the people. And I went down this path of process. It was like chemistry and finance. My degrees are in chemistry and finance. I was all about the technical stuff. But I started realizing the importance of the people side as I started really getting into my career after after college. And uh, so tell me a little bit about this uh, sort of difference between people and uh, I'm sorry, between leadership and management. What do those two words mean to you? How do you differentiate between those and uh, and how do those work together? Well, I find that leadership or leader and manager tends to be um, in many people's heads, the same word until you ask them, what is the difference between these activities? And I was playing around on Google one day and I just did a simple Google search for images. And if you look up manager versus leader, you get some very different images, right? Managers are all evil and terrible bosses and micromanaging and leadership is glorious and followers and happy, right? Everyone wants to be a leader and no one wants to be a manager. Um, But really, I'm a big proponent of you need both. And that's what I learned in my career. And that's where I see most successful businesses operate is when they have that harmony between the two. And so, sorry, to answer your long way of answering your question is I really define that management as you can manage process Manage is having that infrastructure, the pieces, the way that you're really focusing and and making sure your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, that things are consistent, that you have that running machine. And when it comes to leadership, that's all about people. You lead the people and you manage the process. And being able to have both of those is so crucial. You've seen the, the leaders that only have vision. And I know this is optics. This is all about vision. But, and I'll challenge, think of some of the, the people you've had on the podcast or will, um, and challenge them of how do they bring management to their leadership? Because without it, those leaders with big vision, it, it's it's just surface level and it all crumbles underneath it. Yeah. And there's yeah. none. You've got you to have that uh, that framework or that, that, that way of operating with clear expectations and things like that. Having just vision without clarity and a framework and and, uh, and sort of the management of processes and things like that, having one without the other is really problematic, right? Well, do you think that clarity comes from management, comes from the process, or clarity comes from the vision and the leadership? So I think I think a little bit of both. So I think the leaders have to have they they have vision. They have to have clarity of communication and that communication, that link to um, clarity for their team in my mind, right? And maybe you can challenge this or have different ideas, but that clarity of their vision so that their team knows what to expect and what to do. The team has to have clarity as well, not just the leader, because if the leader has clarity, they're like, I know what the vision is, right? I've got this idea of what I think optics is going to be in five years, but uh but if I don't have a way of clearly communicating that and getting everybody on the team on the same page and having right sort of the right expectations and the right alignment of processes to get us there, then my vision is going to continue to be that just a vision 
that's not actually executed on. So I think that's where I see the the link coming together. Does that does that make sense, or do you have other ideas about that? No, I I love that because clarity is really transcending both of these aspects, or I'm going to say communication is transcending it. Vision is very much in that future state and where things are going. And that is murkier by nature. No one has a crystal ball. And so when you talk about something like expectations, I get excited because expectations are such an important leadership step. But expectations really live in that process and that manage, right? You have to manage to those expectations. So it's where you start to kind of flow the people into the processes. You have those leadership skills with those management support systems. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So I often say sort of the a mantra that I've come up with is that I believe people without process get frustrated and process without people is wasted. This has kind of become a mantra of mine over the past few years. So, and uh, so I say that because I, I'm curious your thoughts on like people without process, right? So that vision, that leadership, you know, people without process get frustrated. If there's not a good process that enables people to do the things they're supposed to, so people without process get frustrated. Have you experienced that in your life? Do you have any thoughts on? you know, like great leaders, great, you know, vision, but then not having processes and and it leads to frustration of the team or the customers or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I love, <laughs> love talking about that because I think that's where you start seeing flavor of the week styles. And if you have a leader organization that keeps having all the, they have these great ideas and there's a new idea every single week and nothing gets executed on. And, and I look at that one from the team aspect of how do they raise up or raise their hand and say, Hey, what are our next steps? What do you want us to do with this? And it takes a little bit of that confidence from the rest of the team. And part of that is that they're building the process around the leader and they have this great lead. I will call it a leadership opportunity. You could call it a management opportunity since we're dividing the two, but there's this opportunity to say, Hey, wait a second we need something more. And so I see that happening often with some of our my early leaders, um, all the way up to more senior level leaders that are terrified of their CEO and have no idea how to speak up and, and be collaborative in that space. But for me personally, a story, um, I had a business partner and she was very much on that visionary side of things, right? All the ideas, big glamorous ideas of what the company would become. And it really, we, we created that more of that balance and that symbiotic relationship of, okay, how do I put a process around this? How do I bring clarity to that? How do I collaboratively, not aggressively, right? Because you don't want to be that evil, terrible manager um, that really brings in the structure to support it. Um, I'll say I had another organization that I worked with uh, at a Fortune 500 company, and they started calling me dream killer. Um literally my boss called me dream killer because they understood like they would be able to talk or, and we were doing a lot of actually data analytics and, and marketing pieces with it. And they had these great ideas. I'm like, okay, like, I love that. I, you want to yes. And everything, right. I love those ideas. Here's where we can live in reality. Yeah. So, so vision without execution just stays that it stays as a vision. And 
you can frustrate your team. And I'm sure that there are times when my team gets frustrated. I'm sure that, you know, there are times when they're like, Ryan's got these big ideas. Like, how are we going to execute? And uh, it, but I think it's having that balance, right? We don't want to call people dream killers, right? But there is this practical um, sort of, we have to execute on it. If we're going to fulfill the vision, we have to execute on it. And uh, so I often come at things the opposite way a little bit in that I look at process without people gets wasted. I'm, I'm like a process person, right? I, my, my natural instinct is to see the process, to see the way the parts will interact, the engineering of it, if you will. And, uh, and one of the things I've learned is that process, you can create a, an amazing process but people aren't engaged in it. The leaders don't get it. The leaders don't care about it. Um, the people who need to do the process don't do it. It gets wasted. It ends up just being a process, an idea that never gets executed on as well. So, so I think it's it's not so much an opposite way, but it's like these two things need to intersect. And, uh, and I think that's the balance. So uh, well, I think that when you're on that process heavy, right? You're on that management heavy side of things that's really where you start to see the leadership need even higher. You don't have a why. And the leaders are always providing that why, or they're aligning people to that why. And that's where that kind of waste, that's the apathy, that's the disengagement that we start seeing in organizations right now is they haven't aligned those people. And so yeah. they may have the perfect process. There's a lot of organizations that don't have either, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> not pointing any fingers. Um, but if you are heavy on one side or another, you will see those processes that just don't have any sort of engagement or buy-in or passion behind them. Yeah. So, so what can people do, right? As, as we sort of think about this, you and I have talked a little bit about proactive versus reactive people issues. What can people do in a proactive way? Or maybe let's explore that a proactive versus reactive. And then and then kind of evolve maybe into what can people do? What can people take away from this uh, this episode, this podcast to say, you know what, here's some things I could do to get better balance between people and process, management versus leadership, proactive versus reactive. You know, maybe let's explore that proactive reactive a little bit and then talk about some some takeaways. Well, I think when it comes to the people side of things, the reactive stuff is all the really, really icky things that sometimes we are able to address head on. And sometimes it's that ostrich, like let's stick our head in the sand and pretend that it's not a problem. We or, never oh, do that, Megan. Or you'll make excuses for it. Like there's a lot of ways that that happens. And I'm going to say reactive is probably the most important um, mm. because it doesn't get addressed even if it's in there. So that's where the conflict's getting unresolved. That's where you're having those retention issues. That's where you're seeing the disengagement when these are all the people things that happen in an organization. And the, I mean, business leaders want to point to a process for why things are failing and pointing to people. It's not necessarily one or two people. It's the culture or it's mm -hmm. a lack of leadership. If you're seeing that low accountability, if you see that you're not hitting goals, right? All of that tends to have some element of people issues that aren't getting addressed and you cannot solve a people issue with process. This was, this was, a, that was, I, I want to take something that you just said and kind of expound on that a little bit. You, you highlighted the importance of the reactive um, people leadership or how, how people do that. 
And, uh, and I think it's, you know, oftentimes in business and in life, we talked about, we talk about being proactive, right? Like try to get ahead of things. But, um, but I think you're right. I've had a number of situations personally and professionally recently where the way people react is so critical because problems will come up, right? Uh, problems with customers, problems with employees, how we react as humans to those problems when they happen is so critical. So tell me a little bit more about that. Why is that so important to you? How people react, the reactive uh, sort of situations that they that they need to address. Why is that so important? That's I, I love this. Yeah, I think reactions are your leadership opportunities. And any situation or challenge you have, you have it is it turns into a leadership opportunity, and you choose that behavior, and that is how you want to address it or not. That's what you're going to do or what you're not going to do. And that's going to be the measure of your leadership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thinking about something in the future, sitting down, creating a plan, like that's, that's great. That's the mind space that people wish they had more time for, but what they do in the day to day, how they act, how they react to a situation, that's, what's going to define it. Yeah. So what are some recommendations you have for people to make this balance between between kind of these three things we've explored, people and process, management and leadership, proactive and reactive, what are some things that you'd like to communicate? And I, I know you help so many people with, with you know, entrepreneurial and leadership uh, training and coaching. Uh, what are some ways that we can balance these things in our lives as, as leaders to be better? Yeah, I think when it comes to leaders is, is understanding your team and the makeup and understanding what's truly happening in the organization. And we'll say culture for that, for lack of a better way, right? What is the culture? What is the pulse? What are the things that we don't want to talk about that need to be really addressed? Because if you're not identifying those problems, process or people, you're not able to solve them. And so really being having that, and we'll call it reactive approach to, hey, here's some problems that we're seeing, or here are the leading indicators and you can call it proactive. So to be reactive, you have to first be aware, right? If you're not even aware of what's going on, then you can't react or decide not to react, right? There are probably times when as leaders, it's, uh, um, it's appropriate not to react, but we still should be aware of what's going on in the organization and make a conscious decision not to react. Is that, is that, am I articulating that in the right way? Is that make sense? Absolutely. It's intention is what you're building. There is, is what is the intention with that and being conscious of that intention as opposed to happenstance. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for being part of the show today, Megan, this is, uh, um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. You've got energy and you've got clarity about, uh, about leadership and, uh, and you always provide great insights to me as I as I think about and reflect on my own leadership. And so how do people get a hold of you? How do people reach out to you to learn more about eLeader experience and, and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is eLeaderExperience.com. And you can learn more about the programs, the different ways that we have coaching packages, um, professional development, and really how we address the people challenges at organizations from a really, truly holistic and coaching first approach. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you'd like to um, connect. I'm pretty active there. And of course, join our newsletter as well. It would be a great way to get some of those leadership insights right to your inbox. Thank you awesome. so much, Ryan. 
Oh, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast, Optics in Action, it, where we spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And Megan is one of those people in my life. And so I'm just honored to have you on the uh, the podcast today. I'm sure that our audience has uh, has picked up some great nuggets along the way. So thank you again, Megan, for your time today. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Optics in Action podcast. If you are interested in the podcast, we welcome you to subscribe on your preferred platform, follow us on LinkedIn, or learn more at epsoptics.com. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. This is Ryan Weiss thanking you for listening to Optics in Action.